This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about One Division, Episode One. So, where did you two move from? What brought you here? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think what my wife means to say is that we we we, we moved from. Um, yes, we moved from. And we were married. Yes, yes, we were married. In... Well, moved from where? Married when? No, patients are. Th- they're setting up their story. Let them tell it. We, our story. Yes, what exactly is your story? Oh, just leave the poor kids alone. Oh, really? I mean, I think it's a perfectly simple question. Honestly, why did you come here? Why? Welcome back, fellow Defenders. The Defenders podcast has returned to TV podcast industries. This time we're talking about One Division, episode one on Disney+. Plus. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. I am one of your other hosts, John. Bonjour, hello, Alvidezang, goodbye. I, I don't know where else to go with that, <laughs> but welcome back. Hello, it's great to be here. Um, I'm in the roaring fifties, so <laughs> I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this one. It's just I went roaring fifties, and I was going to say, you know, they're all quite pleasant and kind of cordial back then. So hello. I'm wearing my pinny just uh, oh. just to fit in. I'm cosplaying. Mm. I'm podcasting in a suit and tie. Um, because you have to do that all all the time, suit, tie, and hat, uh, all the time when you're working. But we're back as the Defenders, boys. It's been over a year and a half, I think, yep. uh, since the last time we recorded as well, the like Defenders. Well, a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that. But uh, oh, the, yeah. Yeah, the last yeah. Marvel TV show Absolutely. that we covered was Jessica Jones. Uh, we did Season 3, Episode 13 of Jessica Jones on the 26th of June 2019, guys. And we're on the 14th of January 2021 now, so uh, quite a long time since we've been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, quite a long time since we've been in the Marvel TV Universe, um, and quite a long time since we've been the Defenders TV podcast. So uh, kind of cool to be back with our fellow Defenders talking Marvel, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It is. It, fe- it feels like 10 years. Like, it's only <laughs> it, it been does. two years, but it feels like 10 yeah. years. I mean, even just, like, doing the Marvel 616 documentary mm-hmm. series that we just did, the little sort of snippets of, of that documentary series, it was good saying... Fellow defenders. It was nice, wasn't it? Yes. It was nice. It was. And it's even better now doing it here with old Christoph, uh, in his new specs, uh, sort of, um, you know, there as well. Exactly. Exactly. And hopefully our wonderful fellow defenders, our listeners, are joining us for One Division. Uh, we are going to be covering just the first episode of the two episodes that were released on the 15th of January on Disney Plus. The reason why is because every episode of One Division is pretty different. Um, they're, they're talking about different eras. They're doing, looking at different TV types or TV tropes. There's going to be a great one for you, Chris. Lots of tropes in here to discuss. Oh, so, so we've decided <laughs> lots of bad yeah. tropes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But we've decided to cover just the one episode uh, and then we'll cover the second episode at the weekend after everybody's gotten to see it. And hopefully you, after seeing the episodes, you'll send us your thoughts about the episodes. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts you may have about one division and what you think about the episodes. You can also join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash TV podcast industries. I'll be putting up spoiler posts about each of the episodes of WandaVision as they are released on Disney Plus and you can share your thoughts 
that's spoiler filled as you want to uh, over there absolutely and you can support us any way you wish remember you can go over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and you can subscribe to us there on any Wiccan or Android loving podcast player and we are over on Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash TV Podcast Industries. Mm-hmm. Yes, help us keep the lights on, help the gerbil. We feed the gerbil. He runs around <laughs> the wheel, keeps the mics going. And still that gerbil in the wheel. Yes, like back, he will back always. To the the wheel. It's just another, just another song. <laughs> He bites. (laughs) I do not bite. bite. Uh, One final bit of news, I suppose. Let's kick it off here, guys. Uh, Before we get into the episode, one final bit of news about our WandaVision coverage. John, once again, wants to run his pub quiz, which we all absolutely love. So we will be doing our WandaVision pub quiz with a question at the end of each episode of our podcast about the episode we've just talked about. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And you send your answers on a stamped address envelope to, oh no, no, that's, that, that's back in the eighties. Yeah. Um, no, you send your uh, answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Please, in the subject line, just give the question number, uh, that your answer is to yeah. so that we know, uh, what it refers to or hold them till the end of the season we're going to have nine questions uh, one for each episode hold them to the end of the season send them all in to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com with all of your answers for the nine questions and you could be in with the chance of getting some one division Funko Pops I have put in a pre-order for them there are a bunch of Funko Pops on their way to us to give away as uh, as goodies as gifts to our listeners who uh, who get the most questions right in the pub quiz and for this season we are also giving away Funko Pops to one of our wonderful feedbackers, one of our fellow defenders who sent us in some feedback. Everybody who sends in feedback to us, which we read on the podcast, we'll put into a hat at the end of the season, and you could win some of those WandaVision Funko Pops. Yeah, exactly. PricewaterhouseCooper will be busy, um, for sure, to verify the results uh, and so that we don't do an Oscar event. Every time we do not have Price Waterhouse Cooper on demand, standing but standing at the side, you'll have to just trust us that we are giving the goodies to a deserving winner, which I'm sure all of our wonderful fellow defenders are. But yes, with those rules, regulations, and notifications out of the way, gents, it's been too long. Mm-hmm. I want to go bathe in the MCU pool that is one division. <laughs> oh, so God, with the image. that. Exactly, me bathing in a pool. Ew. Um, Derek, do you want to tell us what the episode details are? Absolutely. This episode was written by Jack Schaefer, who is the creator, showrunner of uh, of WandaVision. Um, in previous history, she wrote the screenplay for the Anne Hathaway Rebel Wilson comedy, The Hustle, and yes. was also one of the writers in the upcoming Black Widow movie. Um, which we'll hopefully finally get to see in May of this year. Uh, really interesting that uh, that she'd be involved in Black Widow, which was supposed to come out about four or five months before uh, this this show, before One Division, and now the show's coming out four or five months before Black Widow. Yeah. What what strange times we live in. Strange Just like uh, Wanda and Vision. <laughs> Absolutely strange times indeed. Uh, the episode was directed by Matt Shankman. Uh, he's been directing TV since back in 2002. He directed two episodes of Game of Thrones Season 7, John, and an episode of Succession, one of our recommended shows of 2020. Uh, we've discussed him before as well, guys. Uh, discussed him on our podcast as he directed the second episode of Season 1 of The Boys. Ah, okay. Yeah, so we've we've seen Matt Shackman's work before. Uh, an episode of The Boys, very different to an episode of One Division. Although I can't really say that uh, there's anything 
that uh, is the same as WandaVision, apart from the things they're referencing in the show, of course. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's certainly not the boys. No, definitely not. Let's and it could be. We don't know. That is the it, problem. You never know. It, well, it could be. It could certainly go that way. But at the moment, it's also not like the MCU as we know it. That's true. That's true. Dun, dun, dun. Speaking of the MCU, uh, let's catch up on where these characters were the last time we saw them. Vision died twice in the battle to save Earth and the and the universe from Thanos. He was killed by Wanda to protect the world from uh, the power that he has in the stone in his head, basically. Uh, it brought back to life uh, using the Time Stone by Thanos. And then killed again when Thanos took the time, took the mind stone from his head, basically. So, um, yeah, he's, uh, he's kind of gone. He's dead, as we know. Dead, uh, but not forgotten. Then Scarlet Witch, Wanda, disappeared, uh, in the snap and came back at the end and had a pretty awesome battle with Thanos. One that she looked like she was going to win. She was pretty annoyed, wasn't she? Pretty <laughs> hacked off. Yeah. It's like the worst possible day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it really went to town on Thanos. Oh, big time, big time. And I think her, her big line, as we all remember, was you took everything from me as she's about to destroy Thanos. And then, uh, he gets, he gets out, gets out of there, uh, pretty easily. But yeah, kind of shows you the power of her, uh, shows you what happened where, where, what happened to Vision. He's destined to die, but, uh, very different situation now. John, do you want to tell us where and when we are in One Division episode one? Sure. Recently married, Wanda and Vision move into their new perfect 1950s life. But there's just one thing. She's magic and he's an android. As Wanda gets to know her new neighbour, Agnes, who helps to plan dinner for a special occasion. But there's just one thing. She doesn't remember what the occasion is. Meanwhile, as Vision settles into his new job at Computational Systems Incorporated, he tries to impress his new boss, Mr. Hart. But there's just one thing. Nobody knows what the company does. After cooking an exotic meal for Mr. and Mrs. Hart, Wanda and Vision prove they're the perfect couple. But there's just one thing. They don't know where they've come from or when they were married. After successfully entertaining the Hearts, Vision is heading for promotion. But there's just one thing. Nothing is as it seems, and they are being watched. Nice little twist there on the uh, on the, the central trope of uh, of TV sitcom setups. Um, here's a new family that moved into the neighborhood, but there's just one thing. <laughs> this is why our sitcom's unusual. Yeah. Um, so that's where we are in the world of WandaVision. Everything seems like a very straightforward show. I think the first time we watched it, half hour comedy all seems very standard half hour comedy, but there's just something going on in every scene to uh, to talk about. Well, standard 1950s comedy. True. You know, I, I can't imagine them doing that sort of stand-up or that sitcom without it being a reference yeah. and, and moving to something slightly darker. But gentlemen, it's been too long. And as I said, I'm dying to get wet. Let's dive in and start discussing <laughs> the MCU pool that is One Division uh, Episode <laughs> 1. So I think... As long as you don't wee in the shallow end, Chris. No, I never do. Uh, for those who are joining us just for the first time with One Division, welcome. Uh, we usually cover all our shows with usually our top five points, and this mm. we're going to jump right in with our first point, which is this is very I Love Lucy. 
It certainly is. It certainly is. Yeah, I think this is. Let's let's talk about the kind of top level, let's say, of where this show works uh, before it goes into all the kind of deep connections and all the weird stuff that's going on. It really does feel like a fifty sitcom. They've done everything they can to make it feel the right way uh, and make it look the right way. You know, it's all it's all set in in two sets isn't it just a house and the office basically uh all the tropes are there all the proper gags from the 50s are there the misunderstandings because you don't really have a conversation with someone they're completely missing the point of what's going on the whole setup really of trying to impress your boss or else you get fired like can you imagine if you invited <laughs> your boss to dinner in your house and they didn't like your dinner so they fired you yeah <laughs> like, and didn't like your type of dress like a, a polo neck mm-hmm, absolutely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think this worked as a, as a as a styling of the 50s john let's try with you first yeah no i mean, i like the the black and white look uh like you even get the the logo for the marvel studios logo going into that kind of era as well mm-hmm. um and i i guess it was just weird seeing it like this um, but it did work because i think um and it's probably a theme that will run through all these points is that Behind it all, there is an underlying horror, I guess, yep. for me, um, of what's happening to uh, Wanda and and Vision. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I loved some of the gags in here, and I definitely thought that Paul Bettany was really, really good. Um, I think maybe from the British light comedy. Yeah. Um, I, I loved his timing. Um, I, I love some of his gags. Um, but I, I have to say the one I really liked was where he's in the office. Um, and I think it's Norm, the, the guy next to him, uh, says, you're like a human computer. He's just like, I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm a regular carbon based life form made of organic matter, just like you, Norm. And it's just the way he delivered <laughs> mm-hmm. it, him on the ukulele. And I think my favorite gag was, it was the, the lobster door knocker. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was awesome. Um, and I mean, you know, it is all pretty light. It's all Mm -hmm. kind of slightly cringy, embarrassing. Uh, Just as I remember watching these kind of programs in the eighties growing up where it was just like, Uh, I mean, even then it was like they, they didn't seem kind of real. And the interesting thing is this doesn't, and it's not supposed to because it's not supposed to be. the real life for wonder and and vision so it it is quite a nice little play on it i guess yeah i love these two main characters uh, particularly i think i think uh elizabeth olsen's doing a great job of 50s housewife in a in a uh, sitcom Uh, her name comes up first if you noticed on the credits so it's it's wanda and vision is the is the way that the names come up with the credits part of that is because lucy was the bigger star uh, in i love lucy so you'd see her name coming up first um but I do think there is one touch that Paul Bettany brings to this in his performance. It's that TV was quite early in its, in its time when these kind of shows came out. And you can see him playing to the audience almost, this live studio audience that's there. You can see him almost reading his lines like he'd be on stage in a comedy review. And he's, he's actually pulling it off where he's looking exactly like some of the slightly poorer TV sitcom actors back in the 50s, I suppose, which is a great little touch to add and, and make him look like he's in that era as well. Chris, I have to ask, because it went through my head straight away when I was watching the episode, is this your absolute nightmare, a show of TV tropes from the 50s, not alone something recent? <laughs> so I don't have the cultural touchstone that is I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. Now, as we could kind of... 
as we get into the 60s, 70s, 80s, I have some of those sitcom touchstones. I've seen those reruns. I, I know I love Lucy. Yeah. I've just, I've actually, I'm pretty sure I've never sat down and watched one episode. Homework for next week, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be. There is, a, yeah, there is a, not a nightmare. It's just a, a cringe worthiness <laughs> yeah. to it yeah. where I'm like, it's, so I'll have two things. One, I, I do really enjoy the black and white aspect to this because it is so unusual. Mm-hmm. Although they, they don't have that kind of chromatic kind of film grain to yeah. it, the black and white, which I think is missing. So at the, it's just black and white, uh, but it's black and white high def, 4K, like 1080p. <laughs> you still can see all the details. So I'm like, do you know what would really just bring it back if they had have added that kind of 50s film grain to it that the chromatic abrasion that they have in some of the kind of other shows um i guess that's one thing i just it was just it, it felt weird because it's it looks out of place because when you're watching a 4k stream that's like hdr and elizabeth olsen looks almost lifelike mm-hmm. but black and white it's just there's a an uncanny valley to it slightly. Okay, yeah, I think that might be on purpose as well. Remember, the whole show is kind of the uncanny valley of this shouldn't really be happening. It, as well, it, right? it, so, it's yeah. the weird thing, though, as well, isn't it? That basically all the the women just look starched to death in that yes. everything. It's like the the hairspray has been dumped on the the head and the 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 dresses just keep their shape all the time it, mm-hmm. and it, it, it in that sense it's it's really kind of done very well for that era and and the you know the the men are always in suits yeah. I, I mean yeah. i just think like you know what weddings may be important days at work and it's like i very rarely wear a suit exactly and, and in it, fact i think the just, last time i wore a suit was yeah. at chris's wedding i certainly <laughs> couldn't imagine relaxing at home of an evening in a suit mm-hmm. i'd be like it would be a nightmare uh, yeah, but, but it, it is really good how they tap into that yeah, but remember to, they went to bed at like 7 p.m so they'd be in their pajamas from like 7 p.m back well in the 50s. I, yeah <laughs> i guess but it's just great how they tap into something that you know mm-hmm. now we're looking going that is unreal yeah and for the show, it is that it is unreal for them. Exactly. Um, you know, but it, all the tropes of the, I suppose, the nosy neighbor uh-huh. or the helpful neighbor always sort of popping ahead through the door. You know, how many people's alarms and, uh, you know, uh, the Google nests will be going mental and police <laughs> would be being called uh-huh. um, and all this kind of if thing. Your neighbor popped off or of popped over with a calling in advance. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, <where>? and who <laughs> has lobster in, in the house, I guess. As it, part of excuse me. Hold on. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me just go check my fridge. Cause I'm pretty sure. Um, as part of a three course meal as well. It's not even the central <laughs> thing that she's cooking. Meal. Four course yeah, meal. Yeah. True. True. Um, um, what are the, what are the other gags that are like, what are the other tropes? Because it's the like, 50s that I really liked in here was um, was just that they can get away with any weirdness with Wanda by saying she's European yeah. <laughs> and the, the answer and the response from the hearts just being well that's very exotic isn't it you know <laughs> she's made she made breakfast for dinner in the 50s and they're going oh that's very exotic isn't it the very European grand and get away with it. it's a real trope of of these kind of shows there's something that allow, a loophole that allows them to get out of really weird situations which I liked I might adopt the, the, the welcoming style the hands over 
over the eyes um, in, in future once you know once covid passes and we yep. can touch people and shake Again. hands and all that I, I, I will you know I, I shall be using the the hand over the eyes greeting I, um i think that is you know that's the possibly joke quite good. that is the joke that works best for me as well when uh, mrs hart is leaving and she puts her hands <laughs> yeah, over exactly. the eyes and said i was very happy with the meal <laughs> thank yeah. you and leaves that was very funny uh, it was it was really really good to see deborah joe rupp there as mrs hart from yeah. that 70s show mm-hmm. kitty um, on that 70s show yeah just really really good um and she was she, it felt very natural for her like as well a bit like oh, with yeah. paul bettany because in that sense that 70s show is almost just a colorized version a bit different obviously but oh, it, yeah. it's that same style or it comes from that same school so it that was great to see her yeah i i think that the book before we move on to some kind of literally what's behind and the deeper meaning and stuff like that i think now for those who are joining for this for the first time we watch one episode record yeah. so we have yet to watch episode two as I'm sitting here, I'm like, and I know episode two's there and I, I, I'm happy about it because I know I can kind of jump right in. There's an element where I think if this is going to be a tough thing to digest for a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. I and guess so, it's yeah. Just something, I think so. It's something so, so different. There, 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 There's something so unique, but very much so different about this episode this show that yep. i'm like there's a reason i love lucy is from the 50s it uh, we've evolved in our tv and there's a reason we they're tropes because they've been used so much and Absolutely. this storyline of trying to impress the boss and two sets and just the 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 very very tough delivery of lines, not I'm yeah. now not the not the actors delivering the lines. It's just the the actual lines are written from uh-huh. and like and that's the thing I I both love and is cringy is they embody this show uh, and this mm-hmm. style and this I love Lucy. It's just like oh that husband of mine. It's exactly. just yeah oh. absolutely <laughs> yeah. You know I can I can really see the casual fan coming on and watching this and kind of going, you know, they flick it on and go, oh, I've heard there's a new Marvel show and turn it on. And then for the next time there, a new episode is released, did they go, that's that black and white show. I'm not watching that. Where's the punch in the yeah, fight? Absolutely. You know, or whatever, or whatever they're expecting from this. So yeah, I think we'll probably talk about that a bit more when we're wrapping up the episode as to what our overall feelings on the episode are. Yeah. But, but let's talk about the deeper kind of elements of the show, because you know, that's the insp- inspiration for the show in the fifties at uh, the Isle of Lucy. But it's what's going on behind everything that's going on in the show. Our case note number two, what's going on behind the laugh track? Because I think that's so much more interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, it's the, the, that crazy, crazy, uh, like, like, what is it? Computational systems. Um, it's like, w- what do we do? Where will we do computational systems? What? Yeah. There's enough questions raised, there's enough words, there's enough just, there's something off. And that's the actual one thing I, I, I have to give to this show. They lean into it being off. So the, the zeroing in yeah. on Elizabeth Olsen's face as Wanda when she's confused mm-hmm. and just like, what, why, 
And the perfect example is that end scene where, um, as you said, Kitty, I can't remember, Mrs. Hart, is just stop mm-hmm. it, stop it, stop it. It gets uncomfortable. And then you zero oh, yeah. in on yeah, Wanda's definitely. face. And her face is uncomfortable. Like, yeah, this this is as Mr. Hart is choking on some dinner that he's had after he's been giving out to them for not knowing their past, not knowing their history. Yeah. He starts choking on a piece of food, falls to the ground, and it, it does, the scene goes on for so mm. long that it does feel, hang on a second, this is really yeah. uncomfortable. Um, and it's only when Wanda says to Vision to, um, to go and help him that Vision yeah. gets up and does something, basically. So that in itself says there's something weird going on here. Surely Vision would jump up out of a seat, Heimlich Maneuver, save this guy, if there were just two characters placed in this situation. There's something yeah. very different going on. And I scenes. think that's it. At, at this stage, until that final moment um, of this this episode, that's, you know, I was still very much in the theory that you are in Wanda's mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She is just creating this within her mind to deal with her grief, that kind of bigger picture, you know, that, that kind of working theory i guess um and i think um that's it that was certainly the most sort of disconcerting part of the the episode Mm -hmm. was him choking uh, and vision having to be directed to help him by wanda Um, i think as well it's you know just generally to the point um this second point of the laugh track that is kind of it's jarring because it was as as you were saying uh, when we watched it derek um, and I do, I felt, I, I like I've watched this twice now and I felt I needed to watch it twice actually mm-hmm. to kind of get over the shock of the black and white, um, <laughs> for the first time in a sense and how truthfully they, they go to, uh, the 1950s here and, and those tropes that we talked about the mm-hmm. previously. But it's the, the laugh track is, is disconcerting because behind it actually a lot of what they're saying is pretty dark um it's pretty um it's pretty sounds pretty bad for them in that they don't know how they got there they don't know what this date is and they think it could be an occasion it ends up being the the heart you know the hearts coming over for dinner so that vision can impress uh his boss but you know they don't have rings they don't know when they got married um, and there's all these different things that are, it, it's empty yeah. and it, it, it feels a bit like those shows as well. It's, and the laughter track fills that void in a really creepy way. It's really, really good. You get a sense of emptiness from it, which mm-hmm. is what Wanda has, um, yeah. ultimately yeah, and what's happening in that, 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 you know, perfect life that they're at this moment, I thought she had created. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that kind of repeated mechanism of people asking them, you know, the standard questions that you would have if you just moved into a neighborhood. You know, um, where do you come from? When did you get married? Um, you know, but the first person that asks is Agnes, the next door neighbor. Um, and Wanda kind of plays it off, kind of makes up excuses, but doesn't give any kind of real answers. The second time it's played with Mrs. Harris at the dinner table, it's really quick fire and really rapid, but I, but it's almost like an interrogation. And she fires those questions to her really quickly and then ends it to, ends it with, why don't you have kids? Um, kind of thing. So it feels really, uh, yeah, it really feels really like yeah. an interrogation. It feels really scary. It's almost like it's, 
stretching into that other staple of the 50s and 60s, uh, Twilight Zone, um, at some points. It feels like it's about to go over into the Twilight Zone at points yeah. here. Um, I, I completely agree. And I think that's the thing. And we kind of, we joke this point was behind the laugh track. I, I do honestly believe if you remove the laugh track from this show as an episode, right? It is that Twilight Zone. It is dark. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is dark. It's why I love the delivery of Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. It's, uh, and mm-hmm. actually even the rest of the supporting characters. Because if you take that laugh track away, they're giving you two episodes in one. They're giving you that Twilight yeah. Zone yeah. and that I Love Lucy. And depending on like what is going on in the background and kind of that laugh track and everything, it could be two completely different shows. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I think at, at this stage, you know, we'd seen Wanda kind of using her magic to cook the chicken and then reverse it back to the eggs. And I, it kind of reminded me of the apple being eaten and then mold, going moldy and then being brought back to a full apple in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And because the time stone was used um, to bring vision back, I, I suddenly was starting to think, is this kind of like an echo of vision that somewhere in, in the world of magic, there is an echo of vision right. as a result of him being brought back to life. You know, you've got two visions yeah. and that, that's what she, with her power is able to kind of connect with to try and have this, um, this, world going on in her head mm-hmm. uh, or kind of in a her own space wherever it may be now okay by the end of the episode you realize there's a slight different reality happening mm-hmm. but i i was thinking along those lines as well yeah at you know as i was watching the show for the first time because of her use of time yeah. um with the chicken and the egg <laughs> which came yeah. first Exactly. <laughs> well, the chicken came first in this case, and then it returned to an egg, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so she's answered that question too. Uh, it's also a flying lobster, so we can't really yeah, hold yeah. it against it. <laughs> uh, one of the one I liked in there as well is just that initial conversation when you have uh, Wanda kind of cleaning up the house, uh, putting the plates around, and then she smashes a plate on Vision's head, and he says, "You with your flying saucers." Uh, and Vision with the unbreakable head. Um, I like that kind of comment there. I wonder if the flying saucers thing is possibly a reference to maybe there are aliens in the future of the of the TV show here of, of WandaVision. Um, Vision and his unbreakable head. Well, we know his head is not unbreakable because that's how he died at the hands of Thanos. So The flying saucers also th- Thanos' ship from Endgame. In the sense of it is a flying saucer come to Earth. Yeah, it's a UFO kind UFO, of thing. yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, it, could, I, it could be a reference to that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But now, time for an ad break. Not the usual podcast where we're gonna where we're gonna try and sell you a mattress. We are gonna use case note <laughs> number three uh, to discuss the ad break that we see in here—a fifties uh, period ad um, for uh, Stark Technologies Toast Mate. Um, a very interesting toaster um mm-hmm. guys any opinions and actually chris since you're the iron man fan and star technologies obviously is the maker of the toastmate what do you think of the toaster that we had in here i think there's a little bit more under the surface it's toastmate 2000 was the toastmate 2000 yeah. Yeah. no i wish it was i wish it was the toastmate 3000 because then i love the 3000 <laughs> i, I could use that yeah, um sure. i'm pretty sure there was some additional symbols on it um it looked like i I, I need to figure it out. I, I'm pretty sure I know what it is, but I don't want to call it just yet. Um, okay. Th- there is some additional <laughs> symbols. 
Again, until we watch the second one, I can't be sure. Okay. I think the ad breaks and a lot of the stuff we're seeing in the background, like, so the bottle that we see when Wanda is filling, the bottle of wine, mm-hmm. the, the the prop that, the, now this has come out before, that it's the Chateau de M or House of M bottle of wine. Maison de Mepri is what it's called. Uh, Mepri is a word for contempt, scorn, disregard, so all really negative connotations. Maison means house. Um, So House of M, as you correctly say, uh, is possibly what the reference is. But also a bottle of wine named House of Contempt, Scorn, Disregard, Despair. I don't think you'd sell very many bottles of wine. I know people don't tend to translate the names on the bottles of wine. (laughs) You probably wouldn't sell that many if they're named that way. Um, But I know what you mean, Chris. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, I think, in the background of episodes. It felt like this is probably quite light, this episode, because I have so much to get get through. But I just think it's important to note that Stark Industries are the ones that made this Toastmate, effectively, because we do have... Vision, who came yeah. from Jarvis, created by Tony Stark to help him out. So there's a direct connection yeah. between Tony Stark and this character of Vision yeah. and where he is. So, so just having that, that representation in there. Also, well, the reference to toasters being like the Terminator. <laughs> it wasn't that in, uh, wasn't that Battlestar Galactica? They were called or, toasters. Yeah, or Battlestar. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I also think, and it's uh, the, that toaster, the countdown to that going off seems much more bomb like than I'd like in my <laughs> really kitchen. Does, to be honest, the, the kind of red light counting down and down and down, um, really feels like, hang on a second. She's hearing something in the background. Something's about to explode and she's incorporated that into, yeah, that was that. the most aggressive uh, toaster tick down I've ever heard. Oh. I was thinking it was going to explode or something. Yeah. And it's to be honest, yeah. that could happen given that it also can house cherry pie, yeah. mm. open cheese sandwiches uh, or meatloaf. Yeah. So I just don't know how a cherry pie would remain unless there was a, a bottom sort of drawer that you put it in. I mean, how would that ever yeah. be able to go into a toaster? Never, ever cook your cheese on toast by putting cheese on toast <laughs> and putting it vertically into a toaster. It's not a good idea. Howard Stark it was known as very much over-promising or he, he was massively <laughs> amazing with his technology, but he was very much into kind of providing the next dream for people. So uh, well, this might have been what they wanted. <laughs> and they're advertising it for, quote, clever housewives, yes. which I guess, is, you know, again, it is, it's in that, that 1950s trope that it's the woman in the house doing the housework, the cooking, and all this kind of thing. But certainly it seems as though Stark Industries is the the one that's not clever here by yeah. saying you can put a cherry pie in it. Well, also the actual question they ask is, is your husband sick of you burning his toast for him? Yeah, they do, don't The they? answer yeah, in 2021 yeah. would be, yes, he can go and make his own toast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> we are a PG podcast, so we can't actually say what she would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but very quickly, I, I think you're onto something with the um, the ticking and the time, the, 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 the way. My guess is much like everything else in this show and this episode there is more behind this advertisement so Mm -hmm. potentially it's we'll find that in reality that actually toaster was a ticking time bomb that or it's a heart machine or it's something else that beeps i get the feeling again just because of the last 30 seconds of or last two seconds of this show there's more behind everything that we see here so moving on gentlemen let's talk about uh, point number four 
Uh, and in this case, the nosy neighbor, uh, the supporting, one of the main supporting characters that we mm-hmm. can see, um, uh, Agnes. Yes. So just to let people know, she is a character that we, just based on the name Agnes, and it's been her last name that's been said. So I'm not going to give away too much, but this is definitely a big character. So we see her as a supporting nosy neighbor. There's okay. definitely yeah. more to it as well. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, the, there's a few characters who we know are coming up in the series. We're probably not going to spoil those on here um, until we get a bit closer, a bit deeper into the series. Yeah. Uh, absolutely right, Chris. Um, but the Agnes character here, yeah, this is totally a trope of these types of shows, the 50s and 60s shows, the neighbor that, that arrives on the doorstep at that one moment when either you don't want them to be there or they have to be there. I wonder, is that trope a bit different in this show? Is she potentially connected to whoever's watching what's going on? Is she potentially arriving at the right time or arriving at certain moments because she's watching on, like the Truman Show, for example, yeah. that she's kind of placed there to watch over uh, what's going on with Wanda and Vision. That's um, what I thought because it is the nosy neighbor trope. I mean, yeah. you know, on the face of it, that's what you remember from the, those shows. Um, and and even just, you know, people going to their neighbors, yeah. uh, being more neighborly. Um, but it's also, <laughs> when we could leave our homes, yes, but it's so. also, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it, that, you know, Agnes is always popping in. Uh, you know, you, you have to have that trust and whether in this world, in this 1950s perfect world of wonder and vision, she's abusing that trust uh, because she's popping in to keep uh, tabs on, on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, I like it that on the face of it, you know, she's got the mother-in-law joke. I'm the neighbor to the right. Mm-hmm. What's your bridge? Right, no, you're right. yeah, yeah. What's your bridge game? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, she's, she's got this off screen husband in Ralph. Uh-huh. Um, there's, you know, who doesn't have a four course dinner party, uh, food <laughs> just lying around to bring over or all, all these kind what of different kind of things. Wouldn't have a um, four course meal ready to go. Yeah. You know, the, the magazines <laughs> mm-hmm. telling her that, you know, to impress her, her man in, in, in vision with yeah. the, with the candles, the, the, um, which I loved actually. I loved this touch, the, um, the kind of the headscarf over the lamp to yeah. give it a, a more sultry, uh, lighting. I thought that was really quite good. Um, so I, I really, on the face of it, I think she's really well kind of observed. And, but I, I kind of, I agree with, with Chris, I reckon there's more to it. I feel, and like you say, the Truman Show mm-hmm. idea of her being kind of watched and, and monitored. Yeah. 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 Um, so first, I love Catherine Hunt. I just love her as an actress. She is the delivery. It's just always fantastic in mm-hmm. most of what she's in. And I think this will, she'll be introduced to a lot of people from her comedic yeah. perspective in this, for the show. The way I see it from this episode is, She's potentially trying to help. I don't see her as the supporting kind of, um, as you said, the Truman Show, the kind of cast. If anything, she seems as confused, but being she's delivering certain lines as almost the same way that Mrs. Hart was delivering certain lines. And then that stop it, stop it is... Mm. Breaking character, breaking lines, yeah. breaking script. And you see that with the, the, what she does in this as well. 
the way that there's certain lines that she delivers as well that seem almost like she's breaking script. And I think that I'm wondering if that be the same way that Wanda breaks script later on, where she's like tells Vision to save him, uh, to save Mr. Hart. There's this mm-hmm. breaking of script aspect. So I'd love okay. to, I can't wait to see to like, again, these are all theories with 30 minutes of TV. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, <laughs> welcome to WandaVision people. Welcome to Defenders. This is what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have some, have some theories as we go. And you know, the good thing is we can go straight on to the second episode after we've finished talking about this one. So we'll hopefully get a bit more information yes. uh, about what's going on in the world of WandaVision. Yeah. One final point though, which is the finale, the end of the episode, because as we mentioned, right from the beginning of the episode, from those wonderful that wonderful opening theme tune of uh of wanda vision um really really fun uh theme tune written by uh the team that brought you um book of mormon oh and the wonderful uh disney or wonderful pixar movie coco absolutely amazing and some other disney movie uh frozen is it oh never yeah <laughs> yeah, but great to have a kind of 50s style theme tune right at the start going all the way through this episode and it all seems pretty kind of standard it's kind of standard 50s show with, as we mentioned, a bit of uh, odd stuff going on in the background. And as the show ends and the smile for the camera uh, pans back to somebody watching on. Yeah, who's watching Wanda? Mm. Um, yeah, this was this is really good. And, it, you know, it, it's the idea now that, you know, my theory that it's in Wanda's mind, it's suddenly, okay, it's more like the Truman Show or someone is holding uh, Wanda in in place here or mm-hmm. um you know she she's being monitored maybe wherever she is um and we we get a few i i do it was only the second time where i saw the sword symbol um on the screen mm-hmm. and the notebook um that okay sword shield in space i guess <gasps> even though that's technically not true, not true. i know john, i know I, I, do you know before we even started podcasting i told john not to say shield in space because <laughs> it's not shield in space. well you know <laughs> we've got plenty agency with a different acronym i know we've <laughs> and got... nick fury had hardly any involvement with them at all <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like moon knight batman in marvel oh, i know that kind of thing um I know, I'm being controversial now. But, um, yeah, we do see this symbol of a sword uh, with a circle around it Mm -hmm. on on the the notebook by the person who's watching it. And I I felt that it was a female. Um, Again, I'm just wondering if that's Agnes in Mm -hmm. maybe the real world. Agnes Um, in space. Agnes in space. Well, there's certainly a a sitcom there that Uh we can go to in WandaVision. (laughs) And, um, And then... On the, I think one of the computer screens next to the TV, the old TV, you had it in in the bottom corner mm-hmm. um, yes. of, of the, the the data that's coming out from from the from that computer. I yeah. guess. Yeah. So a really intriguing final scene. I did not think we would bring that up. So uh, yes, that symbol is also on the toaster. Oh, very good. Yeah, very good. It's baked into the actual design on the toaster. So the, baked so in or toasted. Oh, yay. In. <laughs> above the light yeah yeah okay yeah which is interesting because it's not a stark symbol no exactly that's so yeah. that was one of the very that was i was like i was looking for the s and the t and on the stark mm-hmm. and i was like oh yeah oh, oh that's not there 
Mm, Why? So words heavily involved in there, definitely. I know we have a bunch of other podcasters that listen to our podcast as well. We have a lot of wonderful podcasters like ourselves um, who may recognize the other piece of equipment uh, that was in that uh, monitoring <laughs> yes. booth, let's say. Um, a piece of equipment that every podcaster who gets enough money wants to buy. It's a, a mixer yep. uh, specifically created for podcasting by a company called Rode who make I know all of our microphones, um, but it's about a 600 quid piece of kit uh, called the Rodecaster Pro. And it's very, very prominent right there. A little bit of a, a little bit of product placement for Rode. Um, I wonder if this is just a podcaster who's making her podcast on Wanda and Vision. <laughs> it could very just well like be. Just like all of us. So it's basically <laughs> oh, Deadpool. They're breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll pull back and it's not a sword symbol. It's just the new TV podcast industry symbol. Uh, that's Surprise! In um i i just i'm so excited by this ending so this is the bit that i'm like it's so weird it's so jarring going in the first 27 minutes 28 minutes of this show and not jarring jarring in a good way i mean i have to say but it is i think i think you're right i think that's the challenge for the show is it is jarring and it's as Derek says, and you said the casual listener, potentially, or cas- casual watcher, I should say, may, it may not be their thing. Yeah. It may not float their boat. And before it's finished, they, they could have turned off. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I think that's um, going to be the interesting part. Oh, and one final thing on uh, the end of the show is... I just thought we had gone through the the Bond opening sequence because you get the kind of the color end credits and I they look like opening credits and I just thought because this was a a double header t- two episodes I wondered whether it was merged in and we were, or it was part of the first episode because I, I felt we were about to go into a whole new thing yeah. right at the end and right. Uh, it was going to be a continuation of episode one. And this was just like the music credits and the opening scene of Bond. We've just been treated to a 30 minute prelude well, to yeah. then another 30 minutes. Um, and I, I thought that was kind of interesting that, that, that mixed with my mind slightly right yeah, at the end. That you hadn't realized it was only a 30 minute show or that it was. No, I thought we were going to have a, another 30 minutes after, right. straight after that. I thought it was going straight through that they had edited them together. Right. And it was all, it was the first episode and this was the actual kind of main part of the episode, right, I guess, yeah. if you, if you want to know. Well, do you know what the really unusual thing about their credits are? In the black and white credits, they actually name a writer and director of the episode that aren't the writer and director of the One Division episode. I don't know why. I couldn't see who the people are. There's the uh, the show was written by Leonard Hooper, who is not a writer in Hollywood at all, and the show is, the episode is directed by Abe Brown. And they're not the credits for the TV show. So I don't know what these credits are added in black and white onto the show. We may see something in future. <laughs> can, can I tell you? I think I know. I think oh, on, that these are going to be characters of when we get outside of the TV part, oh, yeah. that these are people within. So, like, that those people that you named are going to be characters that we meet later. These are mm-hmm. going to be characters who are outside who are watching so they are mm-hmm. controlling the show so they are Amazing. the Truman Joe director of yeah. that piece uh, I think that is what we're going to see because I've noticed the exact same thing just because 
I knew who the writer of this was mm-hmm. uh, because of Black Widow. And I, I, well, I should say from Hustle because I actually enjoyed that film. I'm sorry. Um, I know a lot of people didn't, but I did. Uh, I really enjoyed the Hustle. Yeah, it was really good fun. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Dirty really Scoundrels. Can't beat it. Guys, any notes for the episode? That's kind of our top five points for the episode. Any notes uh, that we have? Nothing. We, we've talked about most of it. Yeah. The the only yeah. thing that came up with me for was Catherine Han uh, was Doc Ock in Into the Spider Verse. I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. I didn't recognize her voice at all. But that's kind of cool. So this is kind of her second foray into uh, into Marvel. And the only thing for me, and this is just a general knowledge thing, was I when Paul Bettany says it, he says, uh, "What about some parcheesy?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the hell is parcheesy?" I thought it was like kind of. <laughs> Um, some kind of like Cheetos, but from the fifties or something like that. But um, it's uh, an an American branded Indian board game uh, with crosses and circles, like Ludo. Yeah, so oh, but not notes. Ludo, Parcheesi. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. But it sounded like a snack. A parlor game from the fifties. Very cool. Very cool. Guys, I've been waiting for a year and a half to say this properly again. So, will we start with Chris? Chris, do you defend WandaVision Episode 1? Do I defend it? Yes, I do. Do I think the overall world and audience will defend it? I don't know until I watch Episode 2. Um, <laughs> I don't know until I've heard their responses. Yet. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, this is a weird opening. I loved it. It's interesting. I would binge into this ep- second episode if it yeah. wasn't for this podcast because mm-hmm. um the person i watched it with went i don't know about this mm-hmm. literally as those credits went on uh, and i was like oh no 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 trust me it's gonna be cool like i had to explain some kind of aspects to it because it is so unusual yeah. and so jarring and just different that yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, do I defend it? Yeah. Yes, because I really enjoyed it, the weird and wackiness of it. I just don't know if the wider world will uh, mm-hmm. in this initial part. But there you go. John, do you defend this episode of WandaVision? I do defend this episode of WandaVision. Um, like yourself, I think it's it's a tough one in the sense of it's just not what you're expecting, yeah. which is fantastic. And um, I think absolutely watch it again and watch it again with a different kind of mindset of it being a horror and that actually in some ways you should be ignoring that laughter track Mm -hmm. because um i think the first time i just i literally just kind of watched it i let it just sort of waft over me in a sense and it is weird uh seeing that whole um that whole thing um from the 50s being done so well uh, but i think it's clever because it is about it not being real for today and not being real for them mm-hmm. i think it is it's got horror in the it has you know all these different things and that ending is just like okay i want to know who's watching them uh what is this and um, so i absolutely defend this episode and um, i would give this Four and a half uh, lobster door knockers out of five. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, it, it's it's definitely worth the view, mm. and I think it's really well done. And I, I think, through weirdly, through both watches for me, 
the thing that I think was the most disturbing was when Mr. Hart is choking mm-hmm. and you have, um, you, you, you do have stop it, stop it coming from Mrs. Hart yeah. and yeah. S- seemingly everyone around the table other than Mrs. Hart who's saying stop it and Mr. Hart who's choking, you know, Wanda and Vision look frozen they don't know what to do and seeing vision being having to be told to uh help mr hart i thought that was the 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 common thing that really made me kind of uh, okay jump up was that for sure Uh, and i like this this motif of the sword um and sword um the agency in space that's nothing to do with shield and that's really (laughs) really good as well and just seeing that sort of continually kind of popping up yeah but derek do you defend episode one of wandavision i totally defend this you know what's so interesting is that falcon and the winter soldier was supposed to come out first that's what is totally intriguing me now Falcon, falcon the winter soldier was supposed to be completed and put out before wandavision one division was going to lead into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. All of the moves that have happened, this feels like the weirdest one because everybody would have known what they were getting with the Falcon and Wilter Soldier show. Everybody would know this is two armed guys going on some form of mission. You've got a, you've got a concept in your head. One division, no concept in my head would have prepared me for this. I've seen every trailer and in my head I was kind of going, oh, I wonder actually what's going to happen in the first episode. They're going to run through all of these different eras of TV and it's all going to be cut together and we're going to find out some overarching villain or enemy or something that's happening. Nope. They have gone completely out of the MCU ballpark, completely out of anything we've seen at the first episode of any superhero show. Can you imagine that the credits roll at the end and you get one minute of something going this is weird. It's, they're being watched, you know, come back next week. Uh, yeah, they are really trying something new. And I love that from the MCU. We've had, uh, what, 22 movies. Um, we've had seven, eight TV shows. And I don't think anything has sparked my interest just purely in what is going on. I want to see the next one. Um, not that it's greater than every other first episode of the series, of the series that we've all watched and loved over the years. It's just, I'm going, what is it? What is going on? I can't wait for next time. And everybody's playing a really good game here. They're playing the, uh, the fifties, uh, fifties era really well, uh, throughout, throughout the episode. So really, really good. That is the end of our discussion of one division episode one. We have one more piece of business before we, uh, clock off and head off to our, uh, to our jobs and come back for episode two. We have our one division pub quiz. Yes, fellow defenders, join join me with your maison de empris, uh for a nice glass of rouge uh, for question one from episode one. Remember, answers uh, by email at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. So question one, what four courses was Wanda cooking for Mr. and Mrs. Hart? Ooh, yes. Very good. Four courses, John. Yes. What four courses was Wanda cooking for Mr. and Mrs. Hart? Or at least making the attempt to cook, I should say. <laughs> um, please, yeah. Answers to feedback at TV Podcast Industries. And at the end of this series of WandaVision, we will... Uh, Pull out a winner, the person who has gotten the most number of questions right. And of course, you're in line for uh, Funko Pops, WandaVision Funko Pops. Exactly, exactly. We want to hear from you. Email us with all of your thoughts for this episode and any of the, uh, of the other episodes for WandaVision 2 feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Um, 
If you want to get the questions uh, from the episodes, we'll be putting them up on our website at tvpodcastindustries.com slash wandavision-pub-quiz. That's the closest I could get <laughs> to, to having something easy. Just go to tvpodcastindustries.com. There's a button there that you can see uh, all of the questions. Uh, they won't be going out before the episodes. Don't worry. Won't spoil anything. Uh, so you'll see the questions on there. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us with your thoughts about the episodes. Please stay subscribed to the podcast. Uh, you can go over to TV Podcast Industries to find any of our links to any of the Wiccan and Robot or Android supporting podcast players where you can find the podcast. But uh, we've loved talking about this episode. Yeah, been really, really good delving back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah, it's all connected. Oh my god, I forgot about that line. <laughs> oh my god, that tagline just brought back memories. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next time with WandaVision Episode 2, which also aired on Disney Plus this Friday, Friday the 15th of January. Thank you Mm -hmm. so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much, fellow Defenders, for joining us. Uh, Really good to have you back again for Marvel Television. Remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep laughing. Or in another alternate reality, it's keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. We're back, people. The defenders are back. Yeah, great to be back. Great to be back. Bye. Talk to you next time.